Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. I love finding people, brilliant people, who validate what I'm doing. (laughs) James, you're one of those people for me. Thank you. Folks, this is James Garrett, and he is a brilliant man who knows the science behind all of the practical things that I've been trying to pound into my own head for the last couple of decades. Positivity... Um, the power of paradigm and having your brain and your mind working together to support mm. each other instead of... Do you notice I set those as separate things? Mm. Brain and mind. Mm. I don't know that that's what yep. we're going to talk about today, but you know the brain science. You've done the academics. Um, so James is a speaker and he's a trainer and presenter and someone who just... who gets the science part of this. Mm. So I'm thrilled that you're here today, James. Thank you for having me. So I know I, I short, short changed that introduction a little bit because you've been having a phenomenal experience learning the science behind success and mm. productivity and what I'm calling positivity. Mm. Just for our listeners, share a little bit about where you're coming from and what's driving you sure. along these lines. Um, you know, the, the sort of short answer, I think, to that is that my real passion is getting science out of the labs and into people's lives. Love it. I, um, I spent a lot of years doing research. Uh, I ended right. up not going down the full research track, which is becoming a PhD and a, and a professor. Mm-hmm. Um, largely because I saw this gap between what we know in academia mm-hmm. and in, in the science and how little of that actually makes it into individuals' lives, organizations. Um, right. That it doesn't, or at least it wasn't, you know, making an impact or a difference and so it's, I've been working on this question of how do you, how do you, you know, bridge that gap mm-hmm. uh, to actually create those positive changes with what all this amazing knowledge we'd have about brain and behavior. We've accumulated a lot yes. of knowledge. So, yep. so you're looking to get this actually into the, into the shoes. Hmm. I mean, you can have it in your head, right, or even in your heart, but until it gets in your shoes and walks around in your life, it doesn't make much of a difference. Mm. So there's this direct application of the science. And, and James, I'm kind of coming from the other end of that because as a practitioner, yeah. and we shared over lunch that uh, the timing of my doctoral program happened before the industry of psychology was picking up on some of the principles around positivity and and ideal or optimal functioning as opposed to just the pathology models mm. of the past. Yep. 
Um, you came into this whole thing right at the beginning of of what's probably a revolution in the field hmm. to look at this whole positive end of the spectrum and what is it that drives happiness and success and hmm. all of those fun things yeah. that you got to actually study in school. <laughs> so I'm a little jealous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just said, not that I couldn't go back to school. It's just sure. that I'm an old guy now. <laughs> so the, the, there's one thing, for example, um, you were telling me a little bit about uh, the power of pause. Yeah. And you're not talking about the pause on the end of a dog's legs. You're yeah. talking about take a break. Yeah. Chill. Right. Right? Yeah. I, think, I think our listeners are going to enjoy hearing this. It's okay. Not only okay, it's a darn good idea to do that. And you've got the science to back it up. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. You know, the way I think of it is that we, we grow up believing that the formula for success is go, go, go. Right. Kind of trained, taught, and educated to think that. Right. That, that you, the way that you achieve success, the way you accomplish things, the way you achieve, you know, goals and outcomes that you're really seeking in your life uh, is it's going to be hard. It's going to be, you know, and, and in some ways it's like you need to kill yourself to get there in some <laughs> sense, right? Entrepreneurs especially know this um, ethos. Yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of very interesting research coming out in the last few years that is calling that into question, essentially, where, you know, it's this old model, which is really built up around the Industrial Revolution, that time in equals productivity out. Right, so it's more time I put into Purely something. A time and effort kind of a model. Right. More time I spend on something, the more I will produce or create or or do. Right. More things I check off my to do list. Yes. Right. Well, it seems to make perfect. It sense. makes perfect sense. Of course, right. it's incredibly appealing. The logic of it seems perfectly sound. Except that. We're missing the piece about brain science. <laughs> That's right. So in the Industrial Revolution, when this idea became mainstream, mm-hmm. right, we moved away from agriculture and into factories. Yes. We were working with our hands to create value in the world, mm-hmm. primarily, right? And when that no longer became the dominant form of creating value in the economy, right, labor, and we moved into a knowledge economy... A lot of people, I would even say most people, create value with their mind, with the biggest asset right. they have, which is between their ears. And so, so the question becomes, you know, uh, no one ever stopped to ask the question, do minds and brains work differently than hands uh, in terms of how, um, what they need, what they need to be well and what they need to flourish, what they need to... Uh, actually create that type of, you know, value, if you want to call it that. Right. Um, and it turns out that they do. So there's this beautiful anecdote. Um, uh, CEO of a very well-known company, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. His name is Jeff Weiner. Uh, he has this ritual he does every day um, where he takes two hours of his day, chops it up into four 30-minute blocks, and then puts it schedules those 30-minute blocks throughout his day, right? Spreads them out over his day. Okay. Um, 
And in those 30 minute blocks, those are his 30 minutes or two hours total to do nothing. There's, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> to do nothing? To do nothing. The, the article on LinkedIn is called The Importance of Scheduling Nothing. Interesting. Okay. So I read this uh, little anecdote and it, it got me thinking like, this is crazy, right? Here's a guy who mm. has tons of demands on his time. Um, tons, uh, you know, his time is incredibly valuable. Everybody wants a piece of it. Runs a very successful company. And yet he spends 25% of his day with nothing on his calendar. He writes, you know, writes notes, gathers his thoughts, maybe goes for a walk, maybe takes a nap, right? I haven't interviewed him directly. You can take (laughs) naps? Go for a walk? Oh, spoiler alert, everybody. You may like what you hear from James. (laughs) You said it sounds crazy because it goes contrary to some of the traditional culture around productivity. That's right. That's right. So Jeff Weiner's um, sort of success formula looks different. Right. It looks like not go, go, go. It looks like go, recharge, go, recharge, go, recharge. He's like the Tesla of executives. That's right. <laughs> you got to recharge an electric car. That's right. I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's not No, the that's model. right. It's go, recharge, go, recharge. And you start looking you know, historically, and you look at artists, inventors, scientists, all sorts of folks, right, who, yeah. who have sort of, you know, the, who've really contributed something amazing yeah. to humanity, and you find the same pattern. They're all doing some version of this. Some version of this. Pause. Yes. Take a break. Recharge. The most common thing, it's a great book uh, called Daily Rituals, How Artists Work most common thing you see they do their most uh difficult deep work in the morning hours anywhere Mm -hmm. from three to four hours where they have their the highest sort of mental charge their highest mental battery uh and then almost all of them take a walk in the afternoon sometimes up to two hours right 30 minutes to two hour walk some take naps right their afternoon hours don't look anything like their morning hours Mm -hmm. right um, but you just see this pattern again and again, and it happens not only sort of with historical examples, uh, but it happens, you look at, uh, you know, any of the sort of tech giants, right? Steve Jobs used to do this. He would go, mm-hmm. uh, go for walks. He would take walking meetings, right? Um, this, this, because something happens when you put your mind in this different mode, which psychologists are now calling the default mode or mind wandering Mode. I like to call it creative mode. It, because it sounds better than mind wandering. Yes. <laughs> because but it you, sounds more productive. Yeah. And we're more likely to do something that's more productive. Well, it turns out it actually is very productive. Here's the, an, a, a way to think of it is that your brain never turns off. Right. So, so we think of our brains, if we're not working on something, that we're not getting anything done on it right? Like mm. a light switch. We turn it off if we leave our desk or our computer or whatever. Right. We're working on. The correct analogy is not an up and down light switch. It's actually, if you flip the light switch side to side, that's how your brain works. It's a side to side light switch. So it spends mm. 
part of your day in what psychologists call executive mode. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is anything that requires attention. Or direct intentional thought. Direct intentional thought. Anything that you feel, it feels, a little, it feels effortful. Feels like a little bit of uh, right, mental work. Right, like you're work. actually working on yes. something. Any okay. Anytime you're kind of focusing on something, when you're writing an email, when you're having a conversation with someone, you're actively listening to them. All of that requires a certain um, amount of mental energy. And not just mental, but there's a physiological correlate here too. Yes. Because your brain is the most prominent energy hog mm. of your entire body. Yes. What you eat makes a difference. What your mm. exercise because it is part of your body. That's why I made a distinction earlier between brain and mind. Yes. Because your brain is an organ in your body. Mm. And so when you're talking energy, we're not just talking some hoo-hoo mystical. Yeah concept this it is literal electricity yeah that we're talking about yeah. here right yeah and neuro and neurochemicals right so as you um focus on something for a long period of time basically you're using up or burning up burning up those neurochemicals the fuel the basically fuel. of the yeah. brain yeah which is totally fine completely normal it's what it's for right but yep. you can't stay in that focused state for too long, or you literally burn out. So I, I, I asked this question, um, anybody ever had the 3 p.m. slump? Oh, uh, yeah. Right? Some and, hands going up. And, and you're, you're, suddenly you're opening a new tab, and you're surfing Facebook, and you can't figure out why you can't stay focused. Right. Well, it's not because you're not committed. It's not because you're there's anything wrong with you quite the opposite your right. brain's working exactly as it should it's just running on two percent battery and you have no juice left so it's trying to guide you toward the charging station your brain is good at demanding a break it's very bad at telling you what kind of break will actually recharge it right right so, which is why we can get into non-productive alternatives yes that's right and the, ah. and the most common types of breaks are often internet-related. Yeah. A lot of it's social media, right? Facebook, Instagram, Whatever's whatever. Whatever's convenient. It's very convenient. It's very easy. Um, when you're doing those types of activities, they, they're fun, but they're not recharging. They don't restore that mental battery. So it only gives you a portion of what you're really needing. That's right. It's like empty calorie mm. brain candy. Got it. James, you have set this up perfectly. And I think as we come back from this first break, we can dig into some of the practical, okay, what are we going to do with this science now? Does that sound good to you? Sounds great. Folks, this is James Garrett at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. You all know that I'm excited about positive psychology. Finally, there is an app that is available to help you feed your happy. My friend Scott Wilhite developed this app. Scott, tell us about it. Well, uh, it's called Feed Your Happy. It's like seven habits meets the Fitbit, where you get mm, mental training it. on seven core skills to happiness, and you get the tracking ability too, so that you can chart. Anything you chart improves faster. If you like apps, if you like games, if you like happy, this is it. Feed Your Happy, it's available now in the App Store. 
Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. We've got James Garrett today. He's like this brain, brilliant scientist kind of a guy. I, th- I said at the beginning, James, that you're validating a lot of stuff that I've been teaching and practicing mm. from the aspect of, of the research and the science. And you've had a chance to delve into that and find out why what we hoped was the answer actually is the answer. Yes. Like taking breaks and, and just before our break here, uh, you let us into, you know, there's some things that are going to be a little more productive than others. Because your brain knows that it needs a recharge, but it's not very good at telling us what kind of a recharge is going to bring you up to full power, yeah, the quickest. Right. But we know this now through some of the research and experience that we've had. So enlighten us. Sure. Yeah. So so uh, there's a lot of so think of it this way. There are certain types of activities. So so thinking of that um, side to side light switch. Okay. Yeah. Um, whenever you're on, let's call it the left side, on in executive mode, and I don't mean hemispheres here necessarily, but whenever you're on one side in executive mode, focused, stay on task mode. Yes. Uh, that mental battery is going down. You're draining that battery. Because it's an energy hog. It's going to take a hog. lot of energy. And, and it's specifically the, the most, within the brain, the most attention-hogging part of your brain is the prefrontal cortex. Absolutely. Right prefrontal, we've right. known that for a long Your time. Your conscious brain, right? The exact, right. the, the decision-making brain, the problem, you know, the... Um, the work on it The pay-attention part of your exactly. brain. Exactly. Uh, so when you're in executive mode, uh, on the, you're draining that battery. So if you flip to the right side, and again, I don't mean hemispheres necessarily here, but I mean just to the other side of that switch. Right. Um... You go into creative mode or mind wandering mode. So this is the switch is not on off. It's which mode are you in? Because your brain is always on. It's always on. Nice. It's always on. Okay, so in this creative mode. So in this creative mode, the way to get so there's different types of activities that can pull you into these two different modes. Okay. The types of activities that drain your brain are decision making. And you're not saying don't do it. You're saying I'm not saying don't do it. Notice that this is when you're depleting your energy supply because it's requiring a lot of energy to run that mode of your brain. Correct. Okay. Yeah, we that all makes have sense. to do this all every day. So it's not right. nothing bad or wrong with it. Just be aware of it. Right. What mode you're in. Decision you're making. In executive mode. Thinking, working on. So you've got decision making, um, managing the impression you're making on others. So when, oh, when, that's you're, when you're networking, right? Or, or you're in sort <laughs> yeah. of an unfamiliar social situation. Marketing. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, anytime you are, um, you know, think of like being in, stuck in traffic. Okay. Any mm. kind of, anything that elevates stress or frustration, right, will drain the brain. Okay. Um, and, and heavy traffic requires a lot of attention. Right. not hit the person in front of you. Whereas if you're driving in light or no traffic, it requires very little attention, mm-hmm. which will actually actually kick your mind into a mind-wandering creative mode. Which is why I, when I was driving through the cornfields of Nebraska yeah. last summer, yeah. I got a lot of mind-wandering done. Yeah. A lot of good ideas. So, so one of the most... Right. Right? Yeah. So, so one of the most interesting, and another question I'll often ask... 
uh, folks, is when do you have your best ideas? I bet shower is in the top 10. Every, yeah, almost, for, <laughs> almost the first thing like two or three people will say, in the shower. In the shower. In the shower, or right. when Why? I'm on a drive, or when I'm on a walk, or when I'm exercising. Almost nobody says behind their computer. Or in a boardroom. Yeah. Right? And here we are right. trying to maximize our brain's potential to access these deeper recesses of creativity and good ideas and innovation and invention, right? Or, or solutions to problems we're trying to solve. Um, but we have never, nobody's ever been trained or trained us how to access that part of our brain systematically. So, so one of the, one of the most um, interesting things when it comes to creativity in this creative mode, mm -hmm. uh, what induces it is relaxed states of mind. So okay. the reason showers work is they, they activate that parasympathetic nervous system, the they, that water. calming system, and suddenly the ideas are flowing, right? Yeah, and, and it's the same thing with me, right? And I always have my best ideas in the shower, and then right after, I always keep my some, something close by so I can write down. So right? you can write them down. Because you've got to capture them, or you will lose them. It's a very free-flowing mode, That's isn't right. it? So, it so doesn't organize them. It, it is just... not organized. That The whole right. nature of it is it's free association. So... You, you remember something you ate for breakfast. I had an avocado and like that was really good. And then that suddenly reminds you of the time that you were traveling, you know, uh, in Mexico and you stepped on an avocado and almost slipped and, and broke your foot, right? And then that reminds you that you need to go to the doctor uh, to get this little like sore, uh, you know, your ankle's hurting you or something yeah. and you want to go get that checked out. And then you start thinking about how well, maybe I should do an alternative form or go to a chiropractor. It's literally just wandering. Right. From thing to thing. It feels totally random. Right. But what's so powerful about it is your brain is a dot connector. It wants to make sense of everything you put into it, mm -hmm. but we rarely give ourselves time to do that. And so as it's trying to make sense of all those different pieces... Every once in a while, it puts together two ideas, and it's brilliant. Brilliant. It's a stroke of insight. Yeah. That's when epiphanies and insights happen, right? Is when you open up that reflective space, right? And the way to, again, thinking of the different kinds of activities that will put you in these two different modes, mm -hmm. um, the way to kick into a mind-wandering or creative mode, going for a walk, um, going for a drive. Not in traffic, but in, a, in the countryside, maybe you're right, or up a canyon. Right. Not rush hour um, traffic. Exactly. Um, doing uh, yoga, mm -hmm. exercise, almost anything that's physical, that changes your body, sort of getting away from your desk. Anytime you're just feeling kind of stuck or depleted, like you can't concentrate. You probably are. Step away from the desk. Step away from the desk. Almost anything you're going to do. Again, your brain's going to gravitate this heavy pull toward basically a me, a so, like a social media distraction or, or, an, or an internet rabbit hole, right? right? And what you want to do is see that, recognize it, and not, don't beat yourself up for it. Your brain, again, is good at telling you it needs a break, but bad at telling you what kind of break it needs. That's a good way to think about it. Right? Yeah. You, you notice it, notice that trigger, and say, walk away from the desk, go for a walk, do some yoga, do some stretching, do, do, a, do a simple meditation, 
I use the map app uh, Headspace for meditation. Headspace, yeah. Um, take a nap. Take a nap in the middle of the day. The, Sounds heretical, know right? <laughs> James, you're sitting on my couch. Guess what I do? When <laughs> I got a couch in my office. That helps. Um, the, 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 the new paradigm here is that your brain didn't turn off when you went to take that break. It's actively, and, it, and you're accessing a different part of your brain. A, a different deep, mode. A different mode. Yeah. A deeper, so one of the interesting overlaps between mind-wandering mode and, uh, and what psychologists traditionally thought of sort of problem-solving mode is they're basically the same circuits that are being activated. So when you're in this sort of deeper mm. reflection, what, what um, your brain is doing is it's actively solving big problems. Well, the reason we don't experience it as such is it's unconscious. We don't, I... we don't, we don't feel our brain working. We just notice it kind of wandering. And so it feels like a, feels, you know, we used to call this daydreaming, right? Or we used to call right. it, and, and what, what happens in school? Get back on task. Where are you? Why are you looking out the window? We always punished it. Right. Right? Train it and shape it back to the executive To executive function, mode again and again and again. Burning go, go, go. It's just burning people out. This is why we feel exhausted, depleted, and burned out by the end of the day. And why we can't be present, for example, with our kids in the evening. Right? Oh, you're completely, your battery's empty. Your battery's completely empty. So you've got to... So you're saying these things not only get us into creative mode, but mm. that mode is actually where and how our brain is going to recharge yes. so that when we go back to executive mode, we're, at, we're coming at it with a full battery. Correct. And it's that full battery that allows you to get into high states of performance like flow. Right. Okay. So this is where you're just on it, right? And you you're you've zone you're in the zone. Right? Mm -hmm. So this is Mihai Chick sent me high's work. Um, about tapping into heightened states of concentration. Mm -hmm. One of the requirements for that is a full battery. Right. So you're getting more done, you're having better ideas. And you're working less. If we were to do the math, and maybe James, you know the, the research behind this, but I think if we were to do the math, that half hour yeah. that you spend recharging, mm. taking a nap, taking a walk, letting your mind wander randomly, at least so it appears, yeah. um, to, to use that half hour feels like you're wasting time if you're locked in this executive functioning paradigm trap yeah. uh, the traditional way of thinking about it but to take that half hour actually makes the time now that we're spending in executive mode far more effective yes. and efficient yes. and productive yes right. so and, and i don't know what the math is like i said but if i keep working on this for four hours straight mm. versus Work on it for two hours with a nice half hour break in between. I wonder which one would give us more productivity. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? Well, there's research that's coming out on this now. Yeah. And I know there's some studies that address that question at least question. To, uh, to an extent. You know, yeah. how, how much more effective will that time be? I, th I think it's probably right. sufficient to say that 
we have seen enough and we have learned enough about the brain Mm. to know that this is true Mm -hmm. and to take care of your brain and allow it to recharge sometimes by doing things that traditionally have been seen as a no-no. Yeah. Like taking a nap at work. Yeah. It sounds crazy. I just did a training yesterday and I brought this up, you know, because they make these sort of head pillows that you can kind of put on and and take a nap actually on your desk. Right. Because <laughs> desks are not comfortable places for naps typically. I, I, tr- I actually believe that the, the workplaces of the future, this will all be part of how they design. Oh, it's designed. Space. So you have like, think of uh, Japanese airports have sleeping pods. I've not been to Japan, so I did not know that. Um, very, very economically kind of built. Mm-hmm. But you can go in there and, you know, of course, in an airport, you're paying for how much time you're in there, whatever. Sure. But, it, but it's the kind of thing that, look, if you're at your desk trying to pound away at a problem, uh, but you're basically getting nowhere, mm-hmm. which happens all the time, especially in the afternoon, what you really need to do is take a 15 to 30 minute nap. Mm-hmm. Let your mind go into creative mode. Let it make sense of all those inputs. Let it consolidate and organize and connect those dots. And again, you're going to have one or two or three good ideas there, right? Mm-hmm. And come back to the problem. Right. Come back. And to you the didn't lose a half hour. You just powered up the next one. You powered up the next one and you... you it's like this, right? The solutions aren't ever right in front of you. Mm-hmm. When it comes to creativity, and this is the biggest misnomer we have about creativity, a mis- misunderstanding, mm-hmm. is that creati- creativity is what happens when you're not trying. Yeah. Right? And, and one of the best ways to turn that up even more is to clearly and consciously define the problem you're working on before you go into creative mode. So, so in executive mode, kind yeah. of what you want to do is get clear on the problem. What is it that you're trying to solve? Give it a roadmap. And that's what activates your unconscious mind to go into what it does best, which is deep problem solving and creative problem solving. Right. <laughs> I'm loving this. <laughs> Isn't this fun? It's really fun. <laughs> I hope you're having fun too if you're listening today. Well, you are listening, obviously. Um, James, how can people find out more or, or get in touch with you if they want you to come to a training or just kind of follow up on some of these ideas? Um, your website, I know, is brainbydesign.com. Did I get that right? That's correct. Is that the best way for people to connect with you? Um, so that's, that's probably the best way. Um, okay. I've also got a Facebook page, um, and I do two Facebook lives a week now. Um, about if, this kind of stuff? About this kind of stuff. Oh, wonderful. Brain tips. So I do a brain-based book of the week, and I do a brain-based tip of the week right now. Nice. Um, again, just okay. little suggestions, tips, tools for how to do this, right? How to right. make use of all this knowledge. Wonderful. Um, another thing, if people want uh, a, a deeper explanation, actually, of this particular principle, um, mm-hmm. you can text, I think it's 66866. Uh, 66866. Text the word brain. Brain. To that number. Okay. And they'll get a little infographic that explains more about this. Nice. How it, how it works. Well, you guys have heard it. This guy is coming from a place of science. <laughs> if that gets you turned on at all, it does me because this is such a 
a welcome shift yeah. in our industry. Yeah. And James, you're right on the cusp of it. Thank you for all the good work that you're doing. Thank you. Folks, this is James Garrett at Live On Purpose Radio, and it's time to go live on purpose.